Hi, my name is Greg Dyke, and this is uh, Walk to Work, a new podcasty thing I'm starting where I'll be talking about uh, dance, so Balfolk, blues, Lindy Hop, tango, other things, and their associated musics, and kind of the culture around them, and the teaching of them, and whatever else I come up with. Uh, today I want to talk about, just briefly, why I'm setting up a podcast uh, and my main topic, which seems a good as, as good introductory topic as any, uh, is going to be um, beginner dance classes. And I see we're doing a lot of things right, and there's just a couple nagging things that people consistently do that I'm like, or including me, I'm like, why, why do we do that? Is, how is this a good idea? So... Um, the inspiration for this podcast came from a guy called Mark, Mark Rosewater. He's a lead designer for Magic the Gathering. And he communicates with the audience about Magic the Gathering, so a game design uh, through a variety of mediums, including his two blogs, Twitter, and he also has a podcast called Drive to Work. Hence, Walk to Work, why not? Uh, and what he noticed, like he has, does about a 3,000 word article uh, every week because he has time for it and he's paid for it uh, and he's really good at writing whereas um, I try to write and I get out about two blog posts a year and because everything is so kind of interconnected uh, I have trouble sticking to a topic uh, and being as comprehensive as I'd like in my blog posts without uh, going into other topics so I figure that a kind of walk-to-work podcast will work out well for me because I can just record it. Hopefully there's not too much wind, too much traffic. Uh, I don't breathe too heavily into the microphone. And I can just listen to it be like, yeah, that's fine. That's good enough. And publish it. Um, yeah. So, beginner dance classes. First off, this is like just my opinion. Uh, and I have some pretty strong opinions. I'm not necessarily saying they're right. Um... And I know that uh, quite a few people uh, write, and especially practice, very uh, eloquently about beginner dance classes. So I think Martinus uh, Stonis uh, from uh, Lithuania uh, had a really interesting blog about this a few years ago, uh, where he was just basically saying, everything you do should be geared towards retention. Uh, you want people who come to the first class to come to the second class, otherwise it's meaningless. Um, and Dog Possum, uh, Sam Carroll, writes a blog um, and she is also a lot about um, you can tell your students these are the core values for us, these are the core values of the dance and then just let them take care of each other and take care of the music and everything works out and she's really excited so it seems to work out for her um, and I think a lot of people are really good at giving beginner dance classes and I'm maybe less good uh, like I want to give dance classes to beginner Greg, who even when a beginner uh, would appreciate a super nerdy class about this is how you do perfect technique, uh, and he would still come back. And I think other people uh, probably get pushed away by my beginner dance classes, uh, which is why I've also thought a little bit about how to go against my natural instincts and make them slightly better. So the first thing is complexity. People have come in, uh, they don't quite know what they're doing. The last thing you want is to make everything more complex than it needs to be. And 
for some reason people do that. Like I think it's the, the desire to avoid doing a uh, it's, it's to avoid giving people bad habits. So, like, if I give them good habits on the start and tell them how to do this thing that I now think is super important and that I was doing wrong for maybe three months or three years and they can do it right from day one, then I'm giving them this leg up. And I really see that. Like, I want people to have a counterbody because that's, like, the key to dancing Lindy Hop or dancing tango even. But realistically, like, people are not going to get it and so going to overly detailed explanations, there's just very little point to it because in the end it's just not going to work out very well. Uh, and I see that also people do that in terms of detailing exactly where you should step at which point and detailing exactly where you should put your hands on your partner and for the follows you should definitely do this because this is how you'll feel the connection and the frame and people don't know what the word connection and the word frame means and so you're basically just talking gibberish at them to tell them to do a thing that they probably won't do right anyway uh, and so the easiest shortcut is just to get rid of the whole lot and not do it which would kind of be my, my advice on that and in general anything where you're talking for more than 30 seconds or even anything where you're talking at all you just do it, they copy it um, Mark, uh, Mark Rosewater, one of the reasons it kind of inspired me is that everything that's relevant to Magic the Gathering game design, or game design in general, is kind of relevant to class design. Uh, the main thing you want for beginner classes is um, experience and enjoyment, is the alliterative term he uses. So basically, that you should experience the game or the dance that you want people to experience, presumably with embedded with its values, with the thing that makes it distinctive, and uh, enjoyment. Uh, you want people to do the thing and to enjoy the thing. So anything that takes away from that is kind of a negative. Like if you spend for a game too long explaining the rules and not actually enjoying the game, well, uh, or even experiencing the game, that's kind of counter to that principle. And that's the same thing if you make two complex explanations where people spend time listening to you rather than spending time dancing, they're not experiencing it and not entirely clear whether they'll be enjoying it or not. Uh, the second one is, so I'll at some point probably do a whole podcast about uh, how we learn, or at least how science, what science knows so far about how we learn, which is surprisingly little. Uh, so one of the things that we do to make things less complex is, well, we don't have to tell people everything. We don't need to tell them how to stand up. They're really good at standing up. We don't really need to tell people how to hear the beat. Like, either they have prior experience that helps them hear the beat, or they don't. Uh, either way, it's not in an hour of beginner's class that we're going to fix that. Uh, they already know how to walk. So in tango, one of the big things is that we want tell people oh you don't know how to walk properly we are going to tell you how to do a tango walk and like yeah sure people maybe they're not best at walking or best at doing the style of walk that would make it stylistically tango and that would make it easy to lead and follow but it doesn't matter that's not the thing you're going to fix uh, on day one and you can use this prior knowledge to reduce all the complexity you people, you already know how to walk. That's amazing. Here's some music. 
and you go bounce, 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 bounce. And 99% of people can do that. And there you go, you're dancing to the music, that's amazing, awesome. Uh, we can basically start the class here, right? And then you can just teach them some moves on top of that, but they already know how to dance, or at least the closest approximation to dancing is something they already bring with them to, to, to dance class. And we can use this uh, as prior knowledge, this rich experience of the person's 20, they have almost 20 years of experience of walking. They're expert walkers, or at least expert walkers uh, in their body. Um, and there's a subtopic of that, which is kind of metaphors. And one of the reasons metaphors work really well, uh, like they make things memorable, they make things entertaining, if it's kind of quirky, cool, fun metaphor, but especially they make things relatable to prior knowledge. You're doing this like you're throwing a frisbee. frisbee. You're reaching up and across your shoulder and putting your seatbelt on in the car. Uh, you're kicking a football. These are things that people know how to do. Um, and so we can draw on the things that people know how to do to create metaphors to make the thing they need to do in dancing relatable to their prior knowledge. Um, the next one is identity and priming. So people, they're coming into class from their day of work or their day of studying or whatever. They're not ready for movement. They are totally ready, if it's their first class, to be like, I'm really bad at this. So the two things that you want to do is A, activate their ability to, to, to move, activate their, their whatever in their brain it is that um, helps them look and imitate. Because humans are surprisingly good at it, as long as they're kind of ready for it. Um, and the other thing you don't want to do is activate anything in them that's like, I'm no good at dancing. So there's research that shows that if you take someone, you know, stereotype threat, if you take, um, if you take someone who would stereotypically be bad at something and you remind them that they will probably be stereotypically bad at it, then they will be bad at it. Whereas if you don't remind them, they will actually perform better. And that's just kind of the same thing. If you don't remind people that they think, maybe you can remind them. You're like, hey, who's, the, who's here for the first time? Awesome. Remember that there's some people who are not here for the first time. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's a good thing or not. It's a thing I do a little bit because I think it's kind of unfair sometimes. Beginners, they turn up and they're like, hey, I'm a beginner. Can I do this class? And you're like, it's a beginner class. Yes, yes, you can. No, but I'm an absolute beginner. I've never done it before. Yes, yes, you can. We all started somewhere. We're all super sympathetic to the fact that you're an absolute beginner because we were all an absolute beginner someday. So that part's fine. Um, maybe. But then if you remind people, like I remember one of the first blues dance classes I did, a um, person said, hey, move your hips, guys. These are your hips. And he moved his hips and he was also moving his hips. And this just sort of reminded me that I had a lot of hang-ups about my hips and a lot of hang-ups about being able to move them and being sexy uh, and even having the slightest ability to be sexy or sensual with my hips was kind of out of my range uh, at that time of my life. And so that was kind of... It was kind of a challenge because I remember it even now today and I'm like, take that, I can now move my hips and I'm awesome at it. 
Uh, but I think on the day, it maybe wasn't the, the, the best thing to do. Uh, so just generally, and that t ties in also with complexity, is like don't show, there's a bunch of things people will get wrong their first day. There's no need to actually give them a visual of it. Don't show anything that is the wrong thing. Only show them the right thing. Don't spend any time anticipating all the wrong things they might do. Because there's just so many of them. And if you, they see them, they're just even more likely to do them. Or even more likely to stress out. And that's also the big thing is uh, the fact that people stress out about partner dancing is one of the main things that prevents them from being successful at partner dancing. So try to avoid them stressing out. Um, then I have a, a thing about how we set the tone and how then through the rest of dance class uh, we engage with that tone that we've set. So if we're like, hey, one of the big values for us is consent while touching. Well, you don't just say that at the beginning and then let it go. You make sure it's a major theme of your class or you don't say it. And personally, I'd rather you say it. And then if you have um, this other, uh, that uh, Lindy Hop being an African-American dance that comes out of Harlem in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, uh, and that's a major theme uh, of how I want to describe Lindy Hop and what I want people to know about Lindy Hop, then the things that we do in class should be relevant to that. And again, you can kind of pay lip service and give that information and then just move on and you're like, oh, here's the context. But if your context doesn't have meaning, uh, I don't really see the point to it. Like, especially in Lindy Hop, uh, the movement we do, the posture that we have, uh, although I would have lots of arguments about Lindy posture and how it's taught, that's for another day, um, are all related to... Um, to the fact that Lindy Hop is an African-American dance, and if it wasn't an African-American dance, it wouldn't look and feel and be and music anything like it looks and feels and musics and is. Uh, and so that's something that can carry out as a theme throughout class. Hey, here we're improvising. Hey, here I'm not micromanaging my followers' footwork because I don't want to, but also because Lindy Hop embodies African-American gender values, etc. That reminds me also, uh, part of the whole priming thing, um, if you transition people by having a warm-up and having a I-go-you-go uh, kind of thing, that activates uh, people's uh, innate ability to watch and copy, which maybe is not as far developed in some people as it is in others, but I think it's a fundamentally human thing we're quite good at, and so you can work with that. And then last, we have the experiencing and enjoying. And that's kind of the problem with teaching choreography. Uh, on the one hand, it works with people's prior knowledge. They think that dancing is about executing choreography perfectly. And so that's really going to be relatable uh, to people in their first dance class. Oh, here's a quick bit of choreography we do. But that's not actually experiencing, and they'll probably actually enjoy it also, but it's not experiencing the dance. And so you need them to just spend some time experiencing the dance and finding out is this thing a thing for me? And for that, it needs to be a little bit of experiencing of social dance. So having like a cycle of two moves that you can mix and match, or three moves that you can mix and match, or some kind of basic and some kind of variation. Um, which I guess falls into another thing. We all tend to think, oh, uh, Lindy Hop or any dance is a super linear thing. We should start with 
this basic and then we should do this next thing and then we should do this next thing and then at week three we should do tuck turns and then at week four we should do swing outs. You can start with anything. You, so long as there's something that is something they learn kind of early on in class and that is consistent, like maybe we're working on an eight count thing and that's going to be consistent. And then we can do some variations of eight count rules or maybe we learn a six count thing. Or maybe rather than that, we learn a move and we extend that move to six counts or eight counts and we add a bit of a turn in it. Uh, or we learn a move and we stick it in six count but we change the footwork pattern. Those are all things like if you have something consistent and something change, it doesn't really matter which one you do. Um, and I think that at least in, in Lindy Hop classes and also to a certain extent in blues classes, our feeling that we always have to start at the same place kind of kills the mood for everybody because we find it a little bit boring and um, they can feel that we find it a little bit boring and then they watch people dance and they're like, but that's not what you're doing, you didn't teach me the thing. And so you kind of have to teach people the thing. Uh, I think those were the major points I wanted to, to, to rant about today. Uh, just generally allow people to experience and enjoy whatever aspect of the dance you're teaching and whatever aspect you enjoy of it don't feel obliged to teach something that's not the thing that you enjoy about the dance like I don't particularly enjoy teaching rock step triple step uh, step step triple step because I don't particularly enjoy dancing it so I just don't yeah uh, so that was my walk to work for today uh, I hope there was something of value for you. Um, I'll probably talk about other things in other weeks, uh, something about body mechanics, um, something about French folk dancing. might end up being quite varied. At some point I also want to talk about uh, gender and race and safety. Those are going to be quite difficult topics and maybe topics I'm not best suited to be talking about, so maybe I'll be looking to find some guests. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, take care and I'll see you next time.